Well, before I want to share a word that I feel the Lord's given me, I, I actually want to speak to you this morning uh, prophetically because I believe that God is calling us into a new season in Real Life Church. And what I saw was that God was saying to us to start declaring miracles over our lives, over our families, and over our church. Now is the time to position yourself for miracles. You've seen them in times past, says the Lord, but you are to intentionally position yourself to receive from his supernatural abundance again. You don't have to beg. You don't have to cajole. It's freely available. God is wanting to do it. But what, what you need to do is start to talk about and recall the miracles from the past. Start talking about them to one another. Recalling the incredible breakthrough that you, you, maybe you saw or maybe one of your family members saw. And as you do that, faith will rise again to believe for miracles of provision because if God it was God to you then, he can be God to you now. And he wants to absolutely pour miracles of provision and supernatural abundance. So what I want to encourage you to do is to start declaring miracles out loud in every room you find yourself in and declare them boldly and loudly not with your fingers crossed, not with that sort of attitude, yeah? Start to speak them over one another. Speak faith over each other as you share um, and recall what God has done. Now, what I'd like to do this morning is, is if something is resonating in your heart as I'm declaring and speaking this, what I'd love you to do is I'd love you just to stand in your seat and I'm going to pray a prayer. Maybe you want to raise your hands, put your hand on your heart. But if this morning you're saying, yes, I need the miraculous power of God to break through in this area, in this area, in this area. And you know, since the Lord started to speak to me about this, I've been declaring miracles everywhere and I have just uh, seen that as I start to declare those miracles, so my faith is rising. It doesn't mean it might happen tomorrow, but it's with the eye of faith that we keep declaring the word of the Lord. So if you are one that says, yeah, count me in, Bethwin, stand up where you are. I'm just going to pray and declare a prayer over you this morning. So Father... I openly declare miracles are breaking out over every life here today. Let your supernatural miracles break out everywhere. I speak it over every life. I speak it over every family. I declare it in the name of Jesus. I speak those things that are not as though they were And we agree together this morning on your word and on your promises that they are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And all God's people said? Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Take your seat. Jim and Betty, you know, when I was praying this week, I felt the Lord uh, encourage me to tell you guys to start praying for your, your son and his, his wife and family, yeah, just to start declaring miracles over, over their life. I believe God is wanting to do something wonderful for them. So 
Think about this. God signs off on writing his guidebook for the whole of mankind and it's jam-packed full of history-making champions of faith. Yeah? There's Abraham and there's David and all of these amazing superheroes of the Bible. And these champions, despite their greatness that we've read about in God's word, they also, on the flip side as it were, have made some pretty spectacular mistakes. But the, the really interesting thing about the Bible is, is that you would think that, that maybe they wouldn't focus or even appear in God's word. But God actually allows all the dirt to be told in the various accounts in his word. You know, if it was up to us, we'd probably only want it knowing uh, all of the heroic victories, yeah, that occurred. We wouldn't want to showcase all of our failures, all of our mistakes, all of the messy and the catastrophic consequences that have affected our lives and did of the people in the Bible. All of the heartbreaking ramifications of God's people um, that made life complicated. All the curveballs. Who's had a few curveballs? You didn't expect them, but they came anyway. Yeah? And sometimes when things come to us unexpectedly, we don't always navigate them well. But in his divine power, he packs the Holy Bible with account after account of human frailty. Weaknesses, stuff-ups. Think about it. Why do you think he did that? Nicky Gumbel, some of you will have heard of him, he's the founder of the incredible Alpha Courses, uh, which are absolutely have totally uh, transformed the Christian world and how we approach the gospel. And this was a comment that he recently made. He said, as I look back on my life... God seems to have used the difficulties and defeats more than any apparent success. Now, I have two daughters, Amy and Natalie, and uh, Natalie is my youngest. She's going to be turning 23 on Tuesday. And recently, she did a teaching prac at a local high school, and she is going to be a um, teacher who's doing history and geography and politics and law, and so humanities. And so she goes and does this three-week prac and she gets the most wonderful report at the end of this three-week period. And there were all of these, like, really outstanding uh, positive aspects that were mentioned in this report. And mixed in that, just, you know, one or two minor negative ones. So she comes home after she's finished a prep with her report and we're chatting to her and, and, you know, giving her accolades for this wonderful report. But you know what she talked about? The little negative ones. And she tried to explain and justify um, rather than all of the positives that she had received. Anybody else here this morning relate to this? Uh Uh-huh where we always seem in our humanity, in our frailty, to focus and replay the negative feedback rather than all of the positive. You know, we can replay our mistakes that happened years ago 
I can remember as a teenager doing something to a friend that was just so stupid and unwise. Do you know how many times I've replayed that in my head? And it seems like it was only yesterday. Gee, I wish I hadn't done that. Kind of like you're kicking yourself. Yeah? Well, just to give some context to where I'm going with this, often as I walk around our church building, I'm asking God what is going on in the hearts of our church family. And what are they battling? What areas do they need ministry, healing in? Um, And as I was doing this uh, a couple of weeks ago, as as I was leaning in to hear what God was saying about real life church, about the real life community and and family here. I got this one word, just one word. The one word was stuck. Stuck. Can you say it to the person next to you? Stuck. Doesn't sound that spiritual, really, does it? So, what does this mean? What am I talking about? Well, as we all know, we live our lives and inevitably all of us face challenges, the unexpected and the, un- and the expected, right from when we're young, from childhood. But what can happen in these challenging experiences, they can wound us, they can damage us and we can become stuck. Some of them can be so debilitating that it affects our hopes and our dreams for the future because we get fearful about our future. And today, right here in this room, there may be those of you who have struggled with this throughout your life, trying to overcome that emotional roller coaster of getting stuck yeah, in things of the past. And you wonder if God is actually listening to you. Well, I want to tell you this morning, he is. Yeah? And he cares so deeply about you. (coughs) You know, sometimes when we've had that sort of background, we almost sabotage the present. We feel like, well, look at my life, it's just full of mistakes and stuff ups. That's just going to continue. Well... You know, God has come so that you don't have your life full of shame. He wants you to live your life with your head held high, not with your head bowed down, with regret, with guilt, with shame. But there are those of you this morning who are stuck in your mistakes. And we can feel that they're going to define our future. But when we look at God's word, come with me if you will, we will see that failures are not fatal. Failures are not fatal. When we look at God's word and we have a look in 2 Samuel chapters 11 and 12, you know, you read about the amazing King David's victories. And of course, the most famous one is Goliath. Yeah? And we just get completely, you know, awestruck about David's amazingness, yeah? Um, And then we think about how he was pursued by Paul, but even through that, he had a great attitude, yeah? But you know, 
this very same champion was also guilty of breaking half of God's commandments. He committed adultery. He had Uriah murdered so that he could steal Uriah's wife, Bathsheba. His life had huge successes right alongside spectacular failures. And yet he was never disqualified. God never, ever disqualified. Let's have a look in Kings chapter 17. We look at Elijah. And uh, he actually caused the rain to stop for three years. He was supernaturally fed by ravens. Pretty cool. I've never been fed by ravens. Uh, um, he saw, Pastor David, you were talking about it on Wednesday church, about the mir- miraculous um, limitless jar of flour and the jar of oil that uh, he took to the woman who had, was going to die, her son and her were going to die. But this very same guy, this champion of faith, is petrified when King Ahab's wife Jezebel vows to kill him. So what does he do? He runs scared into the wilderness, full of fear, and he hides. And yet God speaks to him, even so in his weakness, and restores him and continues to use him. Okay, here's the last one to think about. Try moving past Peter's epic denial of Christ. Whoa. He was the only disciple, this is the same guy, that was willing to walk on water. The first to call Jesus the Christ. But this same faith-filled disciple found himself denying that he was a follower of Jesus in the courtyard of the Sanhedrin. And he didn't deny him once, he denied him three times. Do you think Peter ever saw himself doing that? No, but he did. Was he disqualified? Was he wiped out of God's plan because of of that particular failure and stuff up? Do you know that after the events in that courtyard, Peter could have got completely stuck in his stuff up and disqualify himself from being used by God? I'm not worthy. I'm full of sin. Yeah? He could have got stuck overthinking his mistake and be paralysed by shame and condemnation. But you know what I love so much about God, the nature of God, is it's totally redemptive. Yeah? He doesn't have lists of stuff-ups up in heaven. Yeah? He wants to restore you. He wants to restore you to your divine destiny and to your calling. Yeah? He says, no longer do I want you to walk with your head in shame and guilt. Lift your head up. Stand in my righteousness, says the Lord. And so we see his redemptive power at work when Peter is the first disciple that Jesus appears to when he is resurrected. Peter then goes on to become the leader of the disciples and he got to preach the very first evangelical message after which more than 3,000 people come to Christ. That's what I call restoration. That's what I call redemption, yeah? 
So this morning, I want to introduce you to a word that some of you may have already heard. But it's the word rumination. Has anybody heard of rumination? Yes. Rumination is when you're stuck in a loop of repeated negative thoughts about the past. And you can't seem to stop those thoughts even when you want to. You just seem to insist on bashing yourself up. Overthinking in this way is called rumination. While we worry about what might occur in the future, we actually ruminate about the events that have already happened. Do you know that rumination is a very widespread problem? Before you can break out of it, you need to become aware and you need to have some strategies ready to go because it takes some time to nip those thoughts in the bud. So, this morning, Real Life Church, before you go deep into your next, I should have, I would have, I could have, take your failure, whatever it might be, and don't waste it. Learn all you can from it. Every bitter, heartbreaking experience, if we have a soft heart, can teach us something, yeah? Can make us to be stronger and better in our faith. But don't use your failures as an excuse to not try again. How many people wipe themselves off from the purposes of God because they fail? Don't use that as your excuse. Don't park there. Don't get stuck for years. Yeah? Why am I saying this this morning? Because I've seen so many people do it. Good, godly, wonderful, amazing people with future and purpose who have got stuck in their mistakes. You know, the thing you have to accept is that you can't reclaim the loss. You can't replay the tape. You can't undo the damage. You can't reverse the consequences, but you can. Right now, this morning, in this moment, in this room, you can make a new start. You can be wiser. You can be more sensitive. You can, this morning, be renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you can determine to do right. Yeah? If you're stuck in overthinking, replaying the tape and ruminating, if you don't address it, if you don't look at it, it can paralyse you. Yeah? It can rob you. It can steal from you. So, you know I love to get really practical, don't you? So this is what you need to do. Firstly, when those obsessive, repetitive thoughts come your way, you have to stop them before they grow and completely overtake your mind. And what you do is you apply scripture to your thought life. You see, sometimes we think that Somebody else is in charge of what we see and what we hear and what we think about. But you know what? You're in charge. You're in charge of your thought life. So you're the one that has to continually challenge what you're thinking, guard what you're thinking, what you're taking in, what you're watching, where you're going, because it affects the mind. 
In Corinthians 10 verse 5, it says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So in real terms, what does this look like? We confess and confront and repent of our negative thoughts and we totally turn it over to God. Then what we do once we've repented is we ask the Holy Spirit to take over and empower us and give us his beautiful exchange of his supernatural ability for our weakness to transform our thinking. Secondly, distract your thoughts with all of the positive experiences that you have had and maybe that you've seen others have. And this is based in Philippians 4 verse 8. It's actually one of my life scriptures. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. An example would be to think about someone you know who has received an answer to a long-term prayer, maybe through the salvation of a loved one. Or think about a, a testimony you've heard of somebody praying for a job and they've just got one. I know somebody in our church that just got a job, yeah? And we prayed together about it and God opened a door of opportunity for her and she got a job, yeah? Or someone who has received a healing miracle. You know, on Wednesday, I went to visit a lady called Michelle, who is the um, founder, or not the founder, but the the manager of Pregnancy Problem House. I don't know if anyone's heard of it. And uh, we had a lot to do with Pregnancy Problem House in my old church at Life City. Uh, We gave them a significant amount of money for their centre in Langford. And so Michelle contacted me and said, well, do you want to catch up? So I went across to Pregnancy Problem House on Wednesday afternoon. Now, I kind of just thought it'd be a nice little, you know, friendly catch-up and how you going, how you kids, you know, that sort of catch-up. I didn't know I was in for an absolute treat. Do you know that Michelle just sat there and told me one story, one miracle after another miracle of how God had supernaturally provided for this particular ministry, which is so vital in our society today. And how that just supernaturally, uh, $100,000 was donated and it was, gave them the opportunity to purchase a building. But there sto- was story after story after story. Do you know, by the time I left, I was so full of faith, I was so built up in my most holy faith. Yeah? It did me so much good to hear of the incredible provision of God over that particular ministry. And, you know, so often when we we gather together, we have opportunity in our connect groups. We have opportunity for those who come to our community services on a Wednesday and a Friday to share with each other the goodness of God, to share the provision and the kindness uh, and the abundance that we see God doing in our lives and in others. So, you might say, well, you know, I live alone and and whatever. Well, if you live by yourself, get YouTube or if you've got God TV and listen 
to testimonies of how God has brought people through, through their mistakes, through their difficulties. Thirdly, this is really practical. Thirdly, get a journal with two columns. On one side, write a ruminating thought, and then on the other side, completely demolish that thought with the truth of God's word. Ruminating thought, I am a complete failure because of all my past mistakes. Counteracted by the word of truth, I can do all things through Christ who gives me his strength. Amen? Ruminating thought, completely demolished by the truth of the power of God's word. If you're a visual person, which I know a lot of you are, uh, you might want to do this in, in, in through, through drawing, through art. Yeah? Ruminating thought, completely annihilated with the truth of God's word. I want to also talk to you. So remember this morning I'm talking about getting stuck. There's another way that you can get stuck. And I've seen a lot of people who've got stuck with disillusionment and disappointment. And this can cause them to become cynical and bitter towards God, maybe towards the church, Christianity. Psalm 51, 10 to 12 says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Do you know, all my life, I I can't really tell you why, but from a young age, I've always had a prayer that I've prayed many, many, many times and that's to keep a soft heart. Lord, help me never to allow myself through the disappointments of this life to get hard-hearted and cynical. The other prayer I have prayed many, many times is to keep the joy of my salvation, the wonder, the freshness within me, to never lose the wonder of finding Jesus, of loving Jesus, and to always be in a posture of thankfulness and gratefulness, despite whatever I'm going through, through all the the ups, through all of the downs. Now, gut level honest, I have to truthfully tell you that at times that has been a huge challenge, particularly when incredibly unexpected, painful, difficult things have happened in my life. And it's hard to understand what we battle with is, why has God allowed this to happen to me? Yeah? We can't always understand why. And so often I've had to abandon myself, my mind and my heart to his love, free falling into his arms and leaving the reasoning and the explanation until I see him in eternity. Because you know what? I believe then God himself will make it clear and I'll understand it all. But we only see through a glass darkly. Yeah? We don't understand it all and that's why we have to keep free falling. Can I encourage you this morning to not only Read the parts of the Bible that are speaking about successes and progress. 
but also read about the failures, the suffering, the persecutions that are characteristics in these last days and of the need for us as his children to have patient endurance. If not, we can become cynics. Read the whole Bible. Read the whole Bible, not just the bits you like. And meditate on the words and the works of God and the love of God. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Psalm 143 verse 5, I meditate on all that you have done. We are also likely to become cynical if we expect all of our rewards in this life. If you want to find complete happiness and you think this is just a happiness trip when you accepted Jesus, then you are likely to become cynical. Because if you have adopted a version of the, of the gospel that promises something it can't deliver, complete happiness, freedom from stress, freedom from conflict, disappointment and prosperity, that's not what it says in God's word. I'd love you to have a really smooth, easy life, yeah? But I would be misleading you because James 1 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Luke 9, verse 23, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. It's so easy to become stuck in our cynicism. We can see things on the media about the church and that don't represent our faith well. But our hope is not to be in this life. It's a temporary life. And we are temporarily living in this life. This is not our final home. We are simply pilgrims passing through. It means that if we are clinging on to everything to fulfil us in this life, that we have become far too attached. But there is a new world coming. There is a new world coming. An inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading. And we need to live our lives with our head held high, saying, to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Do you know, I know, because I talked to Brian Lander, that in her final months, that this was the cry of Lillian Lander's heart. She knew that to be with Christ was going to be far better. And she's with him right now. So let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God, Hebrews chapter 12. Cynicism in a church community is contagious. You notice that? I hate it. In Hebrews it says this, and I say this to all of us this morning as a church family. 
Take care, brothers and sisters, lest there be in any of you an unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. Because you know what? When you're feeling bitter, when you're feeling disgruntled, you tend to tell other people how you're feeling. Yeah. So toxic. Do you find yourself stuck this morning? Maybe you're stuck in disqualifying yourself because of your failures and mistakes. Maybe you are disillusioned and have allowed, without even really realising it, cynicism to creep in and rob you of your God-given destiny and purpose. Well, I would love to pray for you this morning because God wants to actually take you from a place of being stuck to being completely unstuck. Is that the right word grammatically, unstuck? I think it'll do for now. Remember this morning that you are not your own. You've been bought with a great price. You're a new creation in Christ. Live in that truth. Walk in that truth. You're not standing in your own righteousness, but you are in right standing because of what Jesus, our Saviour, has done for us on the cross. So can I recommend to you this morning that you live one day at a time. Don't live in your yesterdays. Don't ruminate. Yeah, Don't get stuck in your rumination. Don't live in your tomorrows. They also can be overwhelming. But can I encourage you this morning to bring every thought, every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You're in charge of your thinking. Yeah? You're in charge. Yeah? You've got to take responsibility for what you allow in to the most crucial part of, of our faith walk is what we're thinking about. What we're going to do in a moment is we're, we're going to open up this space at the front for prayer. But what I'd like to do now with every head bowed, every eye closed, close, is I want to invite anyone in the room this morning. You've heard what I've been talking about. You've heard about what Jesus can do, but you don't actually personally know him yourself. What I'd love to do is invite anyone that has never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour, but you would like to invite him in right now to please respond by putting up your hands while every eye is closed and every head is bowed. Is there anybody here who has never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour before but would like to now? Thank you, sir. I see your hand. That's wonderful. Yes, thank you. I see that hand. Is there anybody else here this morning for the very first time would like to say, Jesus, count me in. I want to know you personally. Wonderful. Thank you. I see that hand. God bless you. You can put your hands down now, guys. Thank you. So what we're going to do to help these people that are, have responded is we're going to do two things. We're going to say a, a prayer together. It's called the sinner's prayer. 
and uh, we're going to say that in a moment. But then we're going to open up this space this morning. I'm going to ask all all of our Connect leaders to come, other leaders in the church to come and pray with those that respond. There is this space here for anybody who has resonated with what I've been talking about, about being stuck. Yeah? But what we're going to do right now is we're going to say the sinner's prayer together uh, with those who have responded by putting up their hand. Would you say it to help them? Say it with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins and come into my heart and life today. I am genuinely sorry for sinning against you. And I ask you to forgive me and to become the Lord of my life. I surrender everything to you right now. In Jesus' name, amen.